Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. Starting a new series today called Risen. So we'll have four lessons in this series heading up to Easter. And so uh, chapter 24, verse 1 through 12 is where we are today. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood behind, uh, beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. Say this with me. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of simple men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again? Then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like uh, to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. I love the resurrection story. It's a story of hope. It's a story that says that everything that God's planned, it really is what he claims it is. I think the thing about these women when they first come into this situation, uh, the thing I get about this is, uh, even, though, even though Jesus had said many times about his resurrection, they didn't really expect it. Their experience with death was that when you go to a grave, you find what? A dead body. That's what they came for. Look, we tend to forget in the middle of our disappointments. When we're disappointed, sometimes we tend to forget really what's being said to us. And that's kind of the way they were because all their experience and their expectations was they would find. They they came there not expecting to find angels, not expecting to have the hallelujah chorus sung. They didn't come there expecting to see great glorious things. They came with spice ready to anoint a dead body. That was their experience and that was their expectation. They expected death, not life. And sometimes I even find ourselves, I think sometimes we even treat Jesus like he's still dead. You know, we, uh, sometimes even how we, our heart is, where we are in our, our, uh, in, in our singing or in our responding to God. Uh, uh, you've been in one of those dead churches before, right? Where the singing is like a funeral. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, tempted and tried. We now some of you already started singing. You've been in those churches, <laughs> and and look, even when we take the Lord's Supper, we're not taking the Lord's Supper out of memory. All we do remember some things, but it's not that he, He's not a memory. He is a message. He is alive and well, and He's present and He's with us. That's a good thing. That's a good thing, right? So, so look, don't get the drowning in your disappointments and, and carrying around spice to cover up the failures that you expect to have. It's not like that. Jesus Christ came out of the ground. And so we can't let disappointments and failures drown us where we don't even see the fact of the resurrection anymore. 
You see, they discovered, they went there looking like it was going to be a bad day, and they discovered life. You know, we need to remember, God does the impossible. God does the impossible. That's what the angels did. They reminded these ladies of the scripture that Jesus had taught them. Look, he says twice there, they remember, remember this. And then all of a sudden they do remember this verse that he must uh, must be uh, offer himself and, and, and die on the cross for our sins and be raised on the third day. Now they remember him saying that. Wait, what a great message. And so now all of a sudden when they start remembering that God does the impossible and they remember he fulfills his promise, boy, things start looking up. They start getting excited then. Because all of a sudden they realize that, look, if God can do the impossible here, if he can empty out a tomb, then nothing's impossible with God. Some of us need to learn to get, go back and grasp the idea that God does things that look to us as impossible. Some of your marriages are in a mess and you think it is impossible to repair this. I'm telling you, it's not impossible. If you trust in God and do what He says, remember His words and how He speaks to you. Some think that your addictions have got you and you'll never get out. I'm telling you, it's not impossible to overcome those things. God wants to have victory in your life. you got to believe God does the impossible. Amen? Man, I'll tell you what. If I'm, if I'm not careful, I'm going to get excited today. But you know, not only... Did he empty that grave, which gives us all new life? He sent these ladies out to tell the story. Because really this message is come and see, go and tell. Come and see, go and tell. And so he takes these ladies and he gives this message that Jesus is not here. Why are you looking for the living He says, among the dead. He's not here. He's risen. And so I love what what they do. In verse 9, when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. God uses these women to be the first ones to go preach the resurrection. It was Mary, Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with him who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them, what? Like nonsense. He said, these women, their words seem like nonsense. Any of you guys ever said that? I mean, I'm not saying women's words are always nonsense, you understand. I mean, I'm not going... Well, I don't know, Trent. I might need some. I might need a session after today to help me with Susan on this. I don't, I'm not saying women always make make nonsense. I'm saying they've got a great message. The men didn't understand it. All of a sudden, though, one of them says, "We better go check that thing out." So Peter gets up out of this text and runs to the tomb. Now later on, we know from the other accounts that John goes with him. And he bends over and he looks intently in there and he can't find the body. It's gone. Just strips of linen are left. So God uses them to bring this message to these men. 
And while it sounds like nonsense to some, others finally check it out and they realize this is a message that changes the world. See, this message of the resurrection, it turns a love for, uh, a live for yourself bunch of guys into a die for the cause bunch of guys. That's what the resurrection does. It turns ordinary men who really didn't understand the message when they get it, it turns them into men who, who will walk down a road for you. They'll go through all kinds of trials for, because they're ready to die for the cause. They're taking up the cross and following Jesus. Those are the kind of disciples right there that we want to follow, right? And so all of a sudden this group becomes that, those folks in Acts that turn the world upside down as they preach the good news of Jesus. And God wants to use you that same way. We need to tell others, He is risen. Well, here's what I want you to take home with you. First of all, remind us, don't get your expectations from the world, but from the Word. See, everything in their experience, these ladies, everything in their experience led them to an expectation that a dead man would be in the tomb. They'd forgotten what the Word had said. Don't get your expectations of what God can do from the world or even from your own experience. Get them from the Word of God. He'll never let you down. The other thing is, is remember that life gets the last word. You see, death is real, but death is not final. Death doesn't get the last word. Life does. Some of us, we get so discouraged in our own messes and simple, we think that, that, that it's our sin. Look, your sin doesn't get the last word. Your guilt doesn't get the last word. Your shame doesn't get the last word. Your spouse doesn't even get the last word. Now, somebody ought to say amen about that right there because you've been arguing that for a long time, right? Culture doesn't get the last word. Your fears do not get the last word. Your addictions do not get the last word. Death does not get the last word. Life gets the last word. And that's what Jesus brought us through the resurrection. Life. Remember in John 10, 10, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's great life here and great life to come. But sometimes it's so hard for us to believe that there's life after death. Life gets the last word. Back in the 16th century, there was a lady that died, they took her out to the graveyard, they buried her, and the grave robbers decided they're going to get her jewelry. So they go dig her up, and they're trying to get a ring off her finger, and the grave robber can't get it off, so he's just going to cut her finger off. So when he cuts into her finger, she wakes up. She's not dead. Of course, it scares him so bad he has a heart attack and dies right there. Rest of them run off. Then she gets up out of that thing and goes to her house. Now, can you imagine how surprised her family was? No, she wasn't really dead. We don't expect dead people to come alive. 
or do we? I expect one day to come out of the ground. The graves are going to open up. Jesus is going to come back at that sound of a trumpet. And, and all of a sudden, all the graves are going to be empty. There will be a resurrection. How do we know? Because His body came out of the ground. Ours will too. That's good news. That's gospel. That's why the heart of everything we do here is wrapped up in the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's a message that changes the hearts of men. And you, no matter what your situation is, can get in on that. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you decide you don't want to live like that anymore. You repent. That's what repentance is. You turn. Put your faith in God. Walk down here. Become, be, be baptized into Christ. Reenact the death, burial, and resurrection, the story that changes your heart. Respond to God's grace. And start life all over again. See, some of you are dead right now. You need raised today. So you can be raised later on. I've told y'all the story many, many times of baptizing my dad when he was 64 years old. I'll tell you, I don't give up on anybody. I don't give up on anybody. And God hadn't given up on you. And if you have not become a disciple of Christ, that's what we're saying. Get in on this. It's good news. The grace of God. Father, we love you. I thank you for my church family here. Thank you, Father, for their dependence upon you, their love for the good news, and for sharing it with others. Father, bless us to have wisdom and discernment in all we do. Help us to give you glory and honor in everything. Father, help us to exalt the name of Jesus that's above every name. Thank you, Father, for rescuing us out of our mess and giving us a message. We're thankful for your grace and for your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. If you have a need to respond today, you can do so while we stand and sing.